The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Well, it's that time on a Sunday morning here on River Radio where we're joined by Rob and this week Tom as well from Blevins Franks. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, thank you. Howard, yourself? I'm well, yes. It's always busy, isn't it, <laughs> this time of the year? Especially, yeah, especially yeah. this time of year, yeah. And indeed, as this is our last broadcast of the year, I thought the listeners would like it to find it helpful if we look in the rear view mirror and remember the year that was 2023. However, before we do that, what caught your eye in the news this week? Well, caught is probably the wrong verb to describe the, the immigration news on either side of the channel this week, Howard. Um, I won't labour the issue because no matter how you get your news, it's it's been dominated uh, across most news force sources and it's been done to death. But was the French government's surprise immigration defeat positive or negative for British expatriates who are resident in France or would be resident in France? Well, for the time being, Macron's immigration bill has been torpedoed by French MPs before it could even be debated, so it's dead for the moment. But it was, and probably still is, one of the government's flagship bills, so don't be surprised if a phoenix rises from the ashes. At this stage, no one knows what a compromise might look like, but analysts are saying it's probably going to be more right-wing with tougher immigration measures. In the original bill, the most far-reaching clause for people who already live here was the idea of compulsory language tests to secure a long-term carte de séjour. The Senate proposed an amendment to limit how many times a short-term visa can be renewed. They wanted to limit family reunification rights, apply stricter financial requirements and increase qualification periods for benefits. There is not much doubt that the bill will be represented and in a revised format, the amazing news is that it couldn't even be before Christmas. The French Parliament was a little more successful with its 2024 healthcare CQ budget, which was pushed through once again using Article 49.3. The budget contained 113 articles, but the key objective is to save 3.5 billion euros across the healthcare sector. Although healthcare expenditure will still represent 8.7% of GDP next year, which is up from 8.2% before the pandemic. Thinking about today's theme, or was it the fact that Christmas is quickly approaching, but my eye, as you describe it each week, Howard, was attracted to whiskey, which, if you excuse the pun, is the toast of the UK drinks industry, which has recorded a 13% rise in exports this past year. The value of UK drink exports over the past 12 months has increased from 8.4 billion to 9.4 billion. Whiskey was the star of the show and accounted for two-thirds of overall exports at 6.3 billion pounds. Gin was a distant secondary 600 million and beer came in at 486 million. British Heritage Branch have positioned themselves really well as a luxury international drink by marketing themselves particularly to, to young professionals. Germany, France, Spain and, Port and Poland are among the top 10 export markets by volume, but America remains the biggest export market for British whisky, with sales topping £1.1 billion. Over 400 million of Scottish whisky was exported to India, despite the fact that India imposes a 150% import tariffs, which makes it significantly more expensive than its Indian counterparts. And finally, Howard, we've mentioned this before, but if the listeners have a little more spare time on their hands over Christmas or the New Year, they may want to think about lost or old accounts. 
Savers have apparently left almost £1.7 billion languishing in dormant pensions, savings accounts and investments. About £800 million is held in unclaimed pensions, according to the UK government's Independent Dormant Assets Commission. A further £892 billion is sitting in forgotten savings accounts, which are considered dormant after 15 years of inactivity and no contact. At that point, those monies can be donated to charity. But you can claim them back if you, if you find them or remember them. But actually, in reality, we are told that very few people do. Gretel, the free service that finds lost investments, estimates that 3 out of 10 people have money in old forgotten accounts worth an average about £2,500. Well, as we approach the end of 2023, in hindsight... What were the financial milestones for you, Rob? Howard, I know I'm about to show my age, but a very old expression comes to mind. Today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip paper. The expression harks back to the time when fish and chips were served in all newspapers, and it refers to items of news which are current and important today, but will soon be worthless and quickly forgotten. Today's newspapers will, will be used to wrap fish and chips tomorrow, which symbolically degrades the value of old news. This year's financial news seems to have grown on old even before the day is over. The headline issues I will take from this year will be the troika of in inflation, interest rates and investment volatility. When history looks back at 2023, in hindsight, it could either be remembered as a wasted year or a hiatus between that which we had prior to the 2020 pandemic and what lies ahead. For me, I will remember 2023 as one of those years when we've all had to survive and continue taking our medicine after two years of emergency treatment. The year began with inflation raging around the world. Inflation in the US was at 6.5%, but here in Europe and in the UK, it was running at over 10%. None of us should have any illusions, or should have had any illusions, that our government and the central banks did what we were told they would do increase interest rates to counteract inflation. That strategy has maybe taken longer than we'd hoped it would, but again, in hindsight, it probably only took as long as it was going to do if we'd been a little bit more realistic. But over the past few months, it looks like it's done its job, and inflation is now running at just over 3% in the US. It's down at 2.4% here in Europe, and at 4.6% in the UK. So, from an investment perspective, how will 2023 be remembered? It's an interesting one to, uh, to, to think about that one, Howard. Volatility is, is one of those words that is probably used far too much when referring to investments and investment markets. But 2023 has been another roller coaster for investors. Where could you park your cash and get a decent return? The biggest issue with investing and investors is what I described as amnesia syndrome or just pure forgetfulness. Unless you're really very new to investing, we have all seen investment markets move both positively and negatively. The biggest problem is we frequently only hear about them or focus on them when there is a big move south. Lots of investors decided to put, put into port and shelter from the investment storm of volatility. Well, that was understandable or is understandable. But if we tied our cash up for, say, 12 months, those nice people at the bank could have given us 4 or maybe 5%, which we should remember after tax comes down to 2.8 or 3.5%. But where did those banks invest the cash we gave them? 
I will tell you, certainly not in cash. We only need to look at the profits being declared by those banks recently to see that. Equity markets around the world have been incredibly volatile this year, but with the power of hindsight, we know year-to-date the Japanese Nikkei is up 32%. The US S&P 500 is up 22%, as is the German DAX. In France, the CAC Quarante is up 18%. Even the FTSE 100 is up 2.6%, which, which equates to what you, what you will return if you've tied your cash up on deposit with the bank for 12 months. But those numbers are just the headlines. Tomorrow's fish and, fish and chips paper, if, you really, if, you, uh, if you're thinking along the same lines. The real story lies beneath. Do you have the right blend of assets which match your risk profile? And most importantly, your objectives. What do you want your investments to do for you? If we consider for a moment the MSCI World Index, which captures the data of the 32 most developed investment markets across the world, we quickly see that jumping in and out, trying to time the market, is a full-time job, probably for trained professionals. Now, year-to-day, the MSCI World Index is up nearly 19%, but the year-on-year -year return is only 13%. Over the past three months, your return would have been just 1.73%, but if you had only been invested for just one month, you would have returned over 9%. As I said, Howard, a volatile year, but overall, 2023 will end up being not too bad a year for a diverse equity investor. Yeah, talking about the newspaper, I always thought they tasted better when you were eating them out of newspaper. I think that's all psychological, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Turning to Tom, how are you, Tom? Morning, Howard. I'm well, thanks. How about you? I'm, well, a bit busy, but that's a good thing always, isn't it? Absolutely. So, what tax compliance issues have investors been facing over the past year? Well, I think the most challenging area for investors at the moment uh, when it comes to their tax compliance is making sure their investments are declared correctly. And this is especially important where overseas investments are concerned. And I include in that description UK investment structures and bank accounts. Some years ago, the French tax authorities introduced a requirement for all overseas investments to be listed on a specific part of the tax return known as the Form SURFA 3916. Now, that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but when you deal with it as often as we do, you tend to remember its name. But on this form, you not only have to include UK bank accounts, but also ISAs, general investment accounts, premium bonds, and really any other type of non-French investment account that you can think of. And it's no longer enough simply to declare the income and gains from these accounts, you also have to list individually the account numbers and the institutions that they're held with on the form 3916. The risk of not doing so is a fine of €1,500 Euros per account that hasn't been declared. So just to give you an example, if a person has five overseas investment accounts or bank accounts that haven't been declared for the past three years, they're looking at three lots of five times €1,500, giving them a total fine of €22,500. Euros. So you can see it can get expensive very quickly. And as the French authorities continue to embrace new technologies, the importance of being compliant really is paramount. What we've also seen is evidence that banks and financial institutions are starting to clamp down on this matter. And some have started to ask for a copy of the Form 3916 before they will accept new monies from a customer. Otherwise, the customer is rejected for not meeting the latest anti-money laundering requirements. So hopefully you can see the declaration of overseas investments 
really is of critical importance for people to get right. Are there steps that listeners can specifically adopt to improve their tax compliance? Yes, uh, I think that firstly, if you have overseas accounts, which for whatever reason haven't yet been listed on your Form 3916, then it's a good idea to address that sooner rather than later. If you have any doubts or aren't sure, then Blevins Franks are in a position to be able to review your situation in total confidence and let you know if there is anything that you ought to be doing. We've had lots of people approach us about this, and I'm pleased to say that so far we've always been able to find a way to resolve it positively for them. But I think there is a wider question for investors to ask themselves, and that is whether they have the right type of investment structure to begin with. For example, does it make sense to hold UK investment structures as a French resident? Recently, I spoke with a gentleman who had a UK investment portfolio managed by a UK discretionary manager, and his French accountant was charging him over €6,000 per year, plus VAT, to declare the portfolio to the French authorities. Now, that might sound excessive, but there was a simple reason behind it, and that was that every time the portfolio manager made a trade, in other words, bought and sold a stock, that trade had to be reported for French capital gains tax purposes. But there was an added complexity in the, in the declaration because the accountant had to refer back to the historic euro sterling exchange rates at each time the stock was bought and sold. This is because the French authorities are interested in taxing the gain in euro terms rather than sterling terms, noting that because of the movement in the exchange rate, it's possible to experience a gain in euros even when there is no gain in sterling and vice versa. And bear in mind, he had to do this for every single line of stock trawling through the history of the portfolio. It was quite an undertaking. But despite the extra work and cost, the client didn't want to change his investment manager, which he wanted to keep for personal and family reasons. But what we were able to do at Blevins Franks was simply wrap a French-approved structure around the existing portfolio so that all of the gains and trades could occur without any tax consequences. What this achieved was not only to massively simplify his tax compliance and save him thousands of euros in accountants' fees, but there were significant ongoing tax savings for the clients. And this is really a, a good example of where restructuring can be hugely beneficial. Well, Rob mentioned investments, but have attitudes to investment markets changed this year? We seem to hear a lot more these days about ethical investing. Yes, I think attitudes are changing and, and we're seeing that in the inquiries that we receive at Blevins Franks in that we've had more people in the past year asking about ethical or sustainable approaches to investing. Uh, this is commonly referred to as ESG in the industry, which stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. There certainly has been a trend towards this in recent years and nowadays we find that most mainstream investment houses have what they call a socially responsible policy to investing in that they aim to avoid things that might be considered contentious by the majority of their investors. For quite some time now, it's, it's actually been a part of our own process at Blevins Franks, in that we ask our clients for their preferences when it comes to ESG matters. Some have very specific views on certain areas they may wish to exclude. Uh, for example, I spoke recently with a client that wanted to avoid exposure to fossil fuel companies. But on the other hand, a lot of people we speak to don't have specific exclusions in mind, but we generally like to take a greener approach to investing. In those cases, we find the clients are often happy to be guided by us in terms of the type of investments that might be suitable. But we're mindful that everyone is different. Everyone has their own investment objective. Uh, that could indeed be investing ethically, but equally it could be driven by the desire to save costs. 
or it could be an attraction to a certain style of investment management. This is the good thing about financial planning. There isn't really one, a one-size-fits-all solution, and that's where Blevins Franks can help in, in tailoring a solution that fits each individual situation. So, Rob, would you be glad to see the back of 2023? <laughs> um, there's a, there's a yin and yang to every year, Howard, and, and when the dust settles, 2023 won't be any different. As I said earlier, from a financial perspective, if we're honest with ourselves, we know or, or we knew what we were going to get. The the pandemic triggered the biggest government cash injection into the economy, into the economy I'm ever going to see in my lifetime. Maybe my kids, and maybe even their kids' lifetimes. So we knew the result would be inflation. Lots of listeners will remember Bill Blevins, who we sadly lost now two and a half years ago. 18 months before he died, he was already warning on this very broadcast that inflation was on its way and we needed to be ready for it. Quite understandably, 2023 saw thousands of protests and strikes with workers demanding wage rises to cope with increased costs that were brought on by inflation. Most of those industrial disputes are now being or have been resolved, so it's no coincidence there is a positive direct correlation to inflation being brought under control. So that must be seen as a very positive aspect to 2023. I really wish the conflicts in the Ukraine, Gaza and elsewhere in the world could, could be peacefully resolved, but I hate to say it, the world has done what the world always does, and it has moved on. Unfortunately, we once again have seen the fish and chip paper moment. The world has found other sources for its grain, oil, commodities and utilities. There are always casualties on the journey, but humanity will continue to do what humanity always does. It survives, thrives and prospers. We need to learn from the events, the developments and their experiences in 2023, then use them to shape 2024 and beyond. We won't be able to stop making mistakes. We just need to make sure we stop making the same mistakes. If you adopt an investment strategy that's designed to generate a 2% return over the long term, don't be surprised when your capital erodes due to the combined effect of inflation and needing to generate an income. Obviously, what I'm referring to here is leaving your cash sitting on deposit. If you have a rental property and a tenant who is paying you an acceptable rent, you wouldn't sell that property if the property prices in the area fell by 5, 10 or 15%. So why do so many people do exactly that? Sell when equity markets hit a bump in the road, crystallise losses and lose their dividend income. As uh, Tom made reference to before, if you hold your investment assets in, in tax-efficient structures that are specifically designed for one country, but you then move to another country where those structures don't enjoy the same tax benefits, why would you keep them and pay more tax than you need to? These are just a few examples of mistakes we need to stop making. I really believe 2024 will be a much kinder year from, from various perspectives, which in turn will help people to be kinder to themselves, more realistic, and therefore take a much more balanced approach. <laughs> that sounds very much like you're feeling positive about 2024. I, I, as I, I'm always positive at the start of every new year, Howard. My main goal is then to keep quite simple and keep that positivity going for the rest of the year. The 1st of January is the first page of a new book in our, in our life series. That's the way I look at it. It's an opportunity for a new, clean, fresh start. But we shouldn't forget the lessons we've sat through previously, even if those lessons were spent gazing out of the window. They were previous books in our life series. Overall, I believe 2024 will be positive from an investment perspective. 
I don't expect everything to all be positive, though. But we, but we don't have a choice. We'll have to take what is thrown at us. But to cope with it, we need a strategy. We all need a bespoke strategic financial plan. Then we need to stick with it. Your plan needs to be logical, as simple as possible, and you need to feel comfortable with it. You would, con would you continue wearing an item of clothing that doesn't suit you or one that makes you feel uncomfortable? So why would you do that with your finances? That said, the financial journey we need to walk isn't always pain-free. Frequently, we need to accept things for what they are. Investments will be volatile. Costs will continue to increase, even when inflation is back to that magical 2% figure. But above all else, the taxman is getting greedier and greedier, and he wants a greater slice of the cake. But not only tax on our income, but tax on our wealth, our savings, our pension, and the inheritances we want to pass on to our kids. So if you'd like to understand if you could make any improvements to your financial arrangements, make that Christmas or, or maybe even New Year resolution now and arrange to meet one of your local Blevins Franks partners. The only telephone number you need to know is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. But if you want another number and it's more convenient to contact our Monaco office, the other telephone number you need is Monaco 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you need any more convincing, check out our website, where you can also arrange an appointment with your local Blevins Franks partner. The website address is very simply www.blevinsfranks.com. Well, Howard, that's us done and dusted for another year. I'd <laughs> like to take this opportunity to thank the listeners for once again tuning in every Sunday, giving us great feedback, and of course, some great questions and helpful ideas for future programs. So from everyone at Blevins Franks, I wish all the Riviera Radio listeners a very Merry Christmas and please accept our very best wishes for a peaceful, happy and prosperous New Year. I can second that. I can also say it's very good that we have participation. It's always healthy, isn't it? It's like sharing. Absolutely. Absolutely, Howard. Have a great Christmas and we'll speak to you in the New Year. Okay. Thanks very much. Ciao. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. With so many options for your UK pension funds, which is best for you? Take regulated advice to understand how all the options affect you. The tax implications in France what opportunities there are, and what may change in future. With our pension, tax, and investment expertise, Blevins Franks provides integrated advice based on your situation and aims. Contact Blevins Franks on 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.